Hello and welcome back to 365 Days with MXM Tune. I'm Maya, a singer, songwriter, video maker, Oakland native, and an immigration supporter. I'm also a big fan of history. I love untold stories, gross facts, hidden secrets, anything weird, dark, and funky from the past. Each day I'm going to share a few of my favorite deep cuts with you, so let's take a look at today's stories and happy New Year's Eve. It's 365 with MXM Tune. New facts every day, so don't leave too soon I'm gonna teach you stuff No, it won't be tough Gonna go a year till you've had enough It's 365 Today, in 1891, Ellis Island opened for the first time. You've probably heard about Ellis Island, or maybe you have relatives that traveled through it when they moved from Europe to the United States in the early 20th century. Congress had decided that Ellis Island would be the immigration station rather than the nearby governors or Liberty Island. At first, Congress allotted $75,000 to build the station, but they later had to double that amount. Along with the Immigration Processing Center, they built a hospital, detention building, laundry building, and utility plant. Lots of buildings for a little island. Ellis Island was replacing Castle Garden, the former New York immigration port that had been marred by years of corruption and scandal. Castle Garden had been located at the tip of Manhattan. The states were having problems running the immigration system, so the federal government took over and changed the processing centers to centralized locations. Ellis Island is located in the Hudson River between New York and New Jersey. The first immigrant to pass through Ellis Island was an Irish 17-year-old named Annie Moore. She was traveling with her two brothers to meet their parents in New York City, where they'd settled four years prior. Annie and her brothers reached the U.S. on the ship the SS Nevada, They'd been at sea for 12 days, and since they were in third class, they were below deck the entire time. A Catholic chaplain who was present blessed Annie, and the island's commissioner gave her a gold liberty coin. The other two ships that arrived around the same time that day were called the City of Paris and the Victoria. After Miss Moore, 700 immigrants passed through the docks that day, and over 400,000 came through the first year. Immigration was going through a lot of changes when Ellis Island opened. The bulk of immigration was shifting from Northern and Western Europe to Southern and Eastern Europe. Jewish people were escaping persecution in Russia and Eastern Europe, and Italians were trying to escape poverty. Other than this, there were a lot of reasons that people were leaving the so-called Old World for the New World. There were wars, drought, religious persecution, and famine. The voyage across the Atlantic Ocean was often treacherous. Once they arrived, immigrants were given information from their ship's registry, and then told to wait in long lines for medical and legal inspections. Though the medical and legal inspections were doubtlessly nerve-wracking, only 1% of people didn't make it through immigration, but that 1% provided a trove of horror stories for people hoping for entry. Potential immigrants were warned about getting turned away because of misrepresentations on forms or confusion with the process. 1900 to 1914 were the peak years of operation in Ellis Island. An average of 1,900 people per day passed through immigration, it took most people a couple of hours, but when problems came up, people could be detained for days or weeks. Many of the immigrants stayed and tried to build a new life in New York, while others ventured further west to meet family or just to see what was possible in the States. In 1921 and 1924, two acts, the Immigration Quota Act and the National Origins Act, were passed that limited immigration into the United States. They both limited the number of immigrants allowed into the country, and after that, Ellis Island became a less busy transit point. Ellis Island was an immigration site for 60 years before it closed in 1954. The last man to become a citizen at Ellis Island was a Norwegian man named Arne Peterson. Ellis Island opened as a public site in 1976, 
The Ellis Island Museum of Immigration begins in what was once the main arrivals hall. Today, visitors can trace the path of their ancestors from Europe to America. All those immigration records became public in 2001. It's estimated that 40% of U.S. citizens have a relative that passed through Ellis Island. It's hard to talk about immigration in America without thinking about the dire situation at today's borders and the bigotry that prevents so many people from making America their permanent home. This country is founded off the backs of immigrants, and to think that we have hateful rhetoric that prevents people from living their lives and trying to make ends meet and be with their families makes me personally really sad and makes many other people really sad as well. This is again another issue that we have to keep fighting for, to try and use our voices when we have the privilege to do so to stand up for people who don't. I believe this country should be built off of acceptance and understanding and gratitude towards the diversity of people who have built it. Today, in 2016, Mariah Carey was supposed to be playing the New Year's Eve celebration in Times Square, but something went wrong, and she ended up doing a bit of ad-libbing for the crowds. Mariah got through Auld Lang Syne, but by the end of the song, the technical problems plaguing the show were too much to hide. Instead of continuing with her songs, Mariah narrated the technical issues to her fans as the crew tried to get everything working again. All in a day's work, right? And now for today's final segment, I'm going to be going through my own photo archives to see what I was up to on a New Year's Eve in my life. Now, I don't actually remember what year this is, and I don't have photos to remember it necessarily. I believe it was 2012, New Year's Eve of 2012. I was in Hong Kong visiting my great-grandmother at the time. I have a lot of family members in Hong Kong, um, and 2012 was the last time that I got to visit them. I would really love to go back one day. No idea when I'll be able to, depending on the political situation too there, which is a whole other thing that we could probably get into on another episode soon. Um, But I remember spending New Year's Eve there. um, And Hong Kong is probably one of the most beautiful places I've ever been to. Of course, I'm going off my 12-year-old memory of that. And and my 12-year-old experience, it was probably the most amazing thing ever because I was 12. But I remember watching just every single light on all the buildings light up when it was midnight. And I I wonder if I'm celebrating New Year's this year in New York, and I wonder if it'll be, obviously it'll be very different because we're in the age of COVID, but um, being in a big city, I think when you're celebrating New Year's is, is always an experience in terms of how people choose to express it. So I have very fond memories of that, and I've been fortunate enough to spend a multitude of New Year's in different places around the world, but Hong Kong is one of the best places I've been to. Thanks for going back in time with me, and remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you can come back tomorrow for more facts from yesterday. It's 365 with MXM Tune. New facts every day, so don't leave too soon. I'm gonna teach you stuff. No, it won't be tough. Gonna go a year till you've had enough. It's three.